welcome to Group Dates and Hot Takes. I'm Sampy. I'm Christy. Let's talk about Married at First Sight. Hello! You know what day it is. It is Married at First Sight Day, and we are 12 days. 12 days from D-Day. It's coming up, although... I don't think there's quite enough time for some of these people to fix things. For some of these people? Hmm. Perhaps all of these people. But we'll we'll see. I think this week they really brought in all the heavy hitters. They were like, we need to try to get this get this ship back on course. <laughs> because we obviously had a lot of uh, advice from, uh, what is his name, Devin? Devon. Devon. Um, but we also saw, and we also saw Pastor Cal and Dr. Dr. Pepper show up as well. So they, they, they were really perhaps panicking a little bit given well, the footage that they've been receiving. Better late than never, I suppose. Is it, though, in this circumstance? <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? They slacked off, took vacation the first half of the season. Well, it's you, time to work now. You, you don't know that. You don't know they slacked off. Okay, you don't, you don't know. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, uh, first of all, Devon shows up to help jasmine and eris and we didn't even uh get to see his conversation with eris but we did get to see his conversation with jasmine yeah the so, conversation with eris came later correct so jasmine's at her breaking point which is what we saw last episode at the girls dinner and she's Worried that her story she shares with Eris aren't very deep. Because Eris shares a lot, but she doesn't feel like she has a lot to share. Yeah, I mean, they, they did, they talked about uh, specifically the fact that she had that, I mean, they kind of, I think they called it both a breakthrough, but also breaking down <laughs> uh, that, that she had last week with the, with the other women. And... This uh, I'm 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 gonna get on my little soapbox here again, but I have been immensely frustrated this season by the complete inability of these couples, generally speaking, to communicate directly with each other. Yeah, it's a common theme for sure. Mm -hmm, because uh, she's like, well, yeah, I haven't really told Eris that. <laughs> The one person you should be telling this to. Mm -hmm. Which is his, uh, Devon's response was that uh, sweeping under the rug doesn't help. <laughs> it does not. Uh, I mean, it's, everything's just falling apart. Yeah, because really, uh, as he says, she needs to like, be able to tell him what she, what she wants and needs. What did you what did you think about her 
response to him asking her about like uh, the whole question thing talking about Eris's long answers and her inability to do that I mean he like rightly pointed out that she does have stuff to share it sounds like she's maybe buried a lot of it due to her upbringing yeah she's just been super super independent for a very long time and I don't know or I don't remember if she's shared about the origin of that specifically but I mean she's stated before she stated here that like she didn't share stuff with her parents either she just like keeps it inside keeps on moving um and then especially like I I thought it was funny because when she said that she felt like she hadn't been through this you know trauma like he had so her answers are shorter but then she goes into how you know she spent a bunch of years getting bullied very severely (laughs) and both both of us had that response of like what are you what are you talking about that being being bullied for like three years straight is trauma (laughs) yeah very much so that it seems like she has kind of like you said swept under the rug yeah or just tries to to minimize that i don't know if it's because she doesn't have enough trust for other people to really put that out there or it's just how she's done things but not sharing has been a lifelong trend for jasmine and so I think ultimately, as was kind of teased out of her a little bit here, she's scared of how he'll respond if she actually goes there. Which, come on. You gotta at least try, I suppose. Yep, you gotta you gotta give him the opportunity because and this was another theme of this episode, I think, as well, just talking about how you can only control yourself. You cannot control how the other p- person feels or reacts. So all you can do is act in a good way. And so part of that, for example, is is here. Like, yeah, it is scary in some of these circumstances to share that stuff. But if you're in a marriage, gotta gotta give the other person the chance to respond to that. And if Eris is like, oh, that's like, bullying who cares about bullying like well maybe divorce them at that point (laughs) (laughs) just just uh, because again the then that's an actual response versus an imagined response so she is told to uh have confidence and courage do you think she will be able to pull it off I mean, I don't think, just based on how everything has gone, it, it's not looking good. Just in general for them. Look, I, I agree, but I, I guess I'm not asking if you think they'll make it past decision day. I'm asking, do you think that she'll she'll be able to make some progress in actually sharing some of these things before their marriage ends? 
I mean, maybe. I don't know. It's hard to... It's hard to say. A lot of that depends on Eris' behavior, I think. And based on what we saw later in this episode, I would still trend toward no. Yes, but uh, like, like we've talked about, you can only control yourself. Yeah. So. But I think, I still think she's influenced a lot by Eris. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that may not be the most positive thing, or the best thing. I feel like this episode, Nicole started to annoy me a bit. Uh-oh. Because <laughs> she just... Some of the stuff she was saying was a little confusing, like... Uh, when she and Chris were chatting, and she says, Yeah, if I say I need space... I don't actually want you to give me space. Like, what is he supposed to do with that? Well, he was confused as well. Uh, and she, and she tried she tried to explain what she meant, and um, I don't know. I feel like you probably weren't less confused by the time she was done. Yeah, because then she, like, changed the wording a bit. Well, because she was trying to figure out how to, like, explain it in a way, I guess, that, that he could he could understand. Yeah, like, essentially, she wants him to be there while she, like, talks things out or or just sit with her or whatever. But I'm not sure why she didn't just say that instead of the, don't give me space when I say I need space. I think that was just a, a further clarification because as, as I understood it, and I may be understanding it incorrectly, but it, it seemed like it was the sort of thing where she's trying to express how she's trying to operate a bit differently in this relationship and she's trying to make progress in these things and sometimes she gets really overwhelmed and withdraws. And so her initial reaction is like, oh, I'm going to withdraw, like body language, etc. sort of get away from me type deal. Like I need space. But on the flip side of that, I also think she's not trying to exist as much in that space. So essentially telling him, this stuff happens, but please kind of keep coming after me and keep engaging with me because it's a it's a legitimate thing coming from me of like, oh, I need space, but I don't want to like have that space in a context that is just without you and cutting you off. Does that make sense? But maybe she meant something totally different. I don't know. Yeah. It seems like she still needs a lot of validation from Chris that he's going to be there for her and not going to leave because she's had exes that didn't want to deal with her before. So he has to reassure her again. Mm-hmm. It's which he, he continues to do, which uh, good for him. So Kirsten is working her butt off 
just out at the gym. I guess probably the gym that is part of the whole apartment building that everyone is sequestered away in, I would imagine. Yeah, I would think so. But we got some great action footage of her on an elliptical, I believe it was. I mean, just very heavy hitting. As an introduction to conversation with Shaquille's mother. Yeah, this was interesting. She got told she needs to be more supportive. And I guess Shaquille has been complaining to his mother that Kristen I, did not accompany him. I know. This is, this is in all caps in my notes. Again, why not tell her himself? Several exclamation points. Several it, question marks. It just would be so much easier. Yes. Uh and uh, through that, the mom brought up the Memphis trip again. That Memphis trip, that Memphis trip is almost like their their uh, whole Ben and Morgan moment of distrusting the nursing degree. You know, the <laughs> degree like that that it's, like moment on the beach. It should not have. been been that big of a deal it it just keep it keeps coming back it's to a that. work trip like i feel like she didn't really need to be there anyway like well. yeah but again that the, that goes back to yet again the fact that none of these people seem to be talking to each other and so it seems like everything means a different thing to every single person. Nobody is on the same page. So, you know, Shaq really wants her to go to Memphis with him for that trip. She doesn't go with him. But, like, she wanted to go with him, but she didn't really tell him that. And he really wanted her to go with him, but he didn't really tell her that either and like state those expectations and so it's just everyone's on different that, pages it I, just would have been so simple like the, he learns about the trip and he says hey i really would like you to come with me that's all it would take <laughs> we could have avoided all of this mess right i i don't i don't understand and even for her like wanting to go with him it seems like she didn't express that at all herself. No, she then just made other plans. Right, because she wanted him to fight for her. And he wants her to fight for him. And I just... <sighs> it's just... It's very frustrating. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> so the next thing we see is Clinton. Gina, he is making her dinner. Mm -hmm. like catfish, po' boy. That looked very good to me. It did. I mean, deep fried, crispy. Mm -hmm. I wonder. I wonder if he uh, got it from you know who, Dominic. Oh, <laughs> wow! No, I'm, look, I'm not. I'm not inferring or implying anything <laughs> untoward. I'm just saying, who does he know that has a, a I mean, a, just a, a freezer full a of great it. 
stockpile of catfish. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, hopefully that doesn't turn more sinister in future episodes. Uh, but in general, you know, they seem to be just loving life. They're just vibing. Yeah, they're existing just existing together. They're just vibing, vibing in the friend zone. You have nothing to report. <laughs> Very platonic. Yep. Uh, so time for Devon's chat with Eris, mm -hmm. which was that same day, theoretically. Oh yeah, it should have been. They just cut everything up. Yeah, a little uh, out of order. So how did you think this went? I mean, I think Devon, like, has good advice, like, overall. Um, I mean, Eris talked about, once again, the physical attraction. And then Devon asked him, like, what do you like? And he mentions things. and But still, the things he does admire, he still comes back to, well, you can't change the physical features. So we're back stuck on the same sticking mm -hmm. point not to mention that the only things he and i could be being uncharitable given a lack of footage but based on what we saw all he could come up with in that long pause was the fact that she has all this passion with doing all these multiple things and then that she's a calming presence yeah these are all like intellectual type stuff none of it is like I mean nothing physical no 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 nothing no <laughs> and then another another pause after the the question do you want to become more attracted to her <laughs> he really is his own worst enemy isn't he's, he he's such a stick in the mud with this <laughs> he said well if this doesn't work out i can just say no like i'll be fine and devon asked do you want to live a life that's just fine and he has to say, well, no, I want marriage and kids, but you're not putting in any effort. Yeah, it, it's interesting to me because uh, through that job analogy, because Eris was asked what he does for work, and he's in IT, I guess, software development, and, you know, so... Well, are you putting in the same amount of work in your marriage that you put into your job? And she's like, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> what, what, which led, which led to the, that, that whole, uh, just if, if this doesn't work out, you know, he can just kind of run away. And it's like, this is very inside out and upside down because he, he does not feel the same stakes in a marriage that he's in right now than that he like he he feels more stakes for his job for his job i think <laughs> this this whole experience for him is probably just an experience <sighs> it's not that serious at least once he got paired with someone he wasn't physically attracted to uh, yeah, and just still hung up on the whole deep versus not deep answers to questions. Uh, 
which of course was counter real well like maybe you should ask more questions yeah ask a follow-up <laughs> he also tells him to break the ice with the physical stuff because i guess <sighs> things are just super awkward now well, yeah as we as we talked about last week like there's such a huge barrier mm-hmm. that he cannot even self-impose give a give a hug when he returns home because <laughs> what what would what could possibly happen like can you imagine all the things that might go wrong if you gave your wife a hug when you got back oh, oh, oh. terrible oh. terrible things i'm sure <laughs> so mm, what a mess everyone shows up for i guess line dancing drinking chatting yeah it was uh it was like a distillery or something like that Mm -hmm. um that had additional space on the premises for for line dancing i guess that that's a whole nashville thing to go get shmammered and then line dance that that fits that makes sense to me but it's also this is the second time that this has happened during the season, right? That we had line dancing? Yeah. I don't remember line dancing in this season. Mm. Oh, actually, no. I am, I am, uh, I am having senior moments here. This, this, I mean, it was the exact same circumstance, but it was, uh, it was Zach Shellcross and charity <laughs> yes that that did happen as well <laughs> yes which was i mean it was yeah it's the same thing but different show i apologize um yeah it's really it's just it's the time we all love where the couples gather together to dish about their relationships yeah so jasmine talks about her breakdown and nicole takes the opportunity to i guess become an expert nicole really just comes out swinging and tells Eris to try harder. And also tells Jasmine to try harder as well because she isn't saying the things she's feeling. <laughs> this is something I've learned in my relationship. <laughs> Look, I love the enthusiasm. I really do. But it's it's like it's a little uncalled for. Like Be that as it may. I I think it's just it's just the type of personality she has. Like she feels a a lot of uh, just passion for yeah. the survival of these couples. Yes, very passionate. Mm-hmm. I wonder if part of that comes from her seeing like herself reflected in other couples in terms of like, if you're with this group that's at doing married at first sight and all these couples are just breaking apart like how does that how does that indicate how like does that really bode well for the future for you you know oh you think she's getting worried that everyone else is tanking i mean potentially but also part part of it i think maybe just like that she's not getting worried so much but that like part of it comes from that place of like we're all in this together we all gotta get to decision day and be in healthy relationships and so she really yeah goes for it 
Yeah, so the conversation turns to Shaquille. Mm-hmm. And I guess a, few, a couple other people had mentioned, like, friends that struggled with mental illness. And then... Yeah, um, uh, Clint's, uh, Clint was one of them. He brought up uh, his friend who had committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, the me- the message basically was don't internalize stuff. Don't suffer in silence. Yeah. And so, so she, yeah. Yeah, Shaquille talked about going to therapy. Got to get vulnerable. So Nicole says, like, we're here for you and tells him to utilize Kirsten because she is a safe space. And there was a shot of her, Kirsten, looking kind of uncomfortable. And then, like, Shaquille gets up. Kirsten follows him. <laughs> this was very odd. I couldn't tell if we there was something cut or we missed something, but I guess because in that moment, because Kirsten didn't say anything... Shaquille got upset and said, another wife spoke on behalf of you and you had nothing to say. Yes, and this is all happening outside the bar. Yeah. By by themselves. So Kirsten's like, I had a split second. I rubbed your back and then it's like, oh, you aren't there for me. This again was so weird. Again, I am going to <clears throat> go insane just repeating myself the the amount of times i've i've repeated myself in this season is absolutely insane and i may lose my mind because of it but just completely on different pages she's doing what she thinks shows him support he's like why are you not showing me support (laughs) it's just like talk to each other like for goodness sake uh you know because of course uh, of course here comes memphis again (laughs) and and just you know he he needs her support he really needs her support and he he doesn't feel like he's getting it and uh you know he found out in memphis that he isn't going to be graduating on time, which was super difficult for him as a goal-oriented person. So I guess because she wasn't there on the trip to absorb that news, that was more, like, depressing right, for him. Right, because she texted him about it. Yeah, and he's but, like, well, I wanted more than a phone call. So well, I guess, maybe I guess if that had, wasn't good enough either. Maybe, maybe if you had, you know, actually, like, invited her on the trip maybe you you would have gotten to tell her that face to face so kirsten is like well you should have said at the beginning if you wanted to be there and shaquille's like well i made reservations at the hotel then you said you had to work on sunday and all just going back and forth excuses 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 from all sides and every angle and every direction yeah, so this is not resolved. They go back to the group. <laughs> yes, Ex- and there are... Explain the work yes, event drama. There, there are questions when they return. <laughs> so she said she's going to take the initi- initiative and show up. But she also needs him to be assertive. Yeah, so I love, too, how she kind of throws him under the bus here initially, just like saying how essentially that she thinks probably 80% of the problem is that he communicates after the fact 
Like that, that wasn't exactly what she said, but I was kind of reading between the lines here, mm-hmm. uh, which, which I really appreciated. It is like, yeah, yeah, we're just, uh, you know, we're really, communication is difficult. And yeah, Shaq just, he ain't up to the challenge. <laughs> um, yeah, so just talking, as you mentioned, trying to, uh, for her, take initiative and just like put stuff, like put his stuff on her calendar and just show up and stuff i loved when eris asked like what if he was like pack up your stuff and come well uh first of all uh i appreciated that gina had some input here uh and be like okay well you're doing this for him well what do you what do you need what do you need from Shaq to know you know know that this thing can move forward uh, which is when she then says, <laughs> it's just so funny because <laughs> they like both to some degree want the same thing and they're completely incapable of asking for it from the other because she wants assertive, assertiveness from him to know what he wants and needs <laughs> and then like and a direct statement. Um, but yes, the, that, Eris' uh, question was way better than his usual questions, to be honest. Even though it's still the same sort of vein, because like, you know, what if he was like, pack your effing bags and you're coming with me? Uh, I mean, Kirsten seemed on board with that to me. Yep. Yeah, uh huh. And it, yeah, because uh, she she was like, well, yeah, maybe maybe I just need a direct statement. And Eris <laughs> to, to Shaq, maybe try that next time. <laughs> That was that was that was great. That was probably the most I've appreciated Eris this whole season. <laughs> so then they talking about um the whole second third home run. Yes, cuz base thing. Yeah, cuz the you know, we need to we need to press Kirsten about you know, communicating what she told the go- the girls group about about their relationship and you know just are they on the same page with the bases because i'm sure you remember but Shaq's description of the bases i believe um didn't didn't he say that they were on like first base because clint clint was not even in the dugout i don't remember where Shaq said they and were Shaq Shaq was like on first base <laughs> But at this moment, Kirsten tells Shaq to be assertive, and then Shaq's like, well, I'm going to reveal that we've consummated. Yeah, well, you know, I I guess that small amount of communication worked. I mean, you would have thought they all won a million dollars, the way they were all cheering for them. (laughs) Well, that's because... The season has been such a disaster. We got to celebrate the little wins. But I also think it's 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 one of those merit at first sight things where that is like the number one question on mm, everyone's yeah. mind. It always is, is. Have these other people progressed their relationship I enough? I know. How far behind yeah, are we? Yeah, to have sex. Like, where are are we? Clint. <laughs> Clint calls it Pound Town in his little interview. <laughs> he is just... 
he is something. I I I will say. I kind of like Clint more as the season goes on, actually. I mean, I I agree as well. Shaq did say. I mean, they they kind of leaped it out, but it seemed like what he said was that that uh, we effed as long as we could. Yeah, he like, yeah he said they wanted to keep it between them as long as they could. Um, but what was the bleeped portion? Then? I didn't. I don't remember a bleep. There. there was a bleep. I swear. I don't know what it would have been. Maybe not. Maybe yeah, did, maybe I was just imagining things. We did learn on after party though that this consummation happened quote early on in the marriage. Okay, so I guess that makes sense. Maybe maybe I don't know when that actually maybe, happened. Maybe I then. just totally imagined a bleep. But it's, I mean, there I, like, might have I, heard, been I heard a partial bleep, but I mean, what what you're saying makes sense because um I forget who said this, but when he said that, uh, some someone's retort was, "So it's been a while." Yeah. So which would track with what you what you saw on on the after party yeah. there. So before that whole like paint whipped cream thing, so where so they that, like implied, "Oh, we're about to do it for the first time" or something. So that means that happened, and this is. They're still struggling like this. Yeah, so I would assume before the whole let's show the home thing. Goodness gracious. Well, that's very depressing to me because I was like, oh, well, maybe they have a shot, but no. <laughs> <laughs> they had a shot a while ago, and they just threw it all away. It's it's just... Wow. I'm I'm legitimately depressed right now. <laughs> I, I after learning this, this has ruined my day. I was it's been I, a rough season. I was so I I was like, oh, maybe here's a little nugget that I can be hopeful and optimistic. And you just took that from me. You just ripped it right away. Cause I didn't watch after party. And you just you could have kept my, that to my yourself. Apologies. Unbelievable. Oh, that's that's sad. Well, time for more sadness because <laughs> it's now time for line dancing. Mm-hmm. Everyone's having a good time. Straight from drinking to line dancing works every time. Until Eris decides to dance with the instructor while his wife stands there and watches off to the side, which is not cool. So she gets mad, leaves, goes outside. Yeah, she she really uh, makes it known. She's like, I'm over this. I'm done. And bye-bye. Which can I, I, this is all terribly depressing, but uh, I just want to go back to the fact that Kirsten is always impressed by Clint's dancing. I just wanted to throw (laughs) that out there. True. I guess, I guess it's his, uh, his enthusiasm really, it really wins people over. Watching yeah. him just throw his whole heart and soul into into the dancing, uh, but back back to Depression Town. Uh, so yeah, when I when I saw because so she, she like stormed out. She had a little thing, you know, with the with the camera. Like, do you even care about this marriage? And when I when I heard that after seeing all this. I was like, you know, 
I don't know if they're going to survive. I mean, it's not looking good. Mm-hmm. So what did you make of their conversation outside of the outside of the distillery? This is I mean, Eris is trying to like apologize and be like I was the worst dancer she was just teaching me. It, like it's, it's also just so funny to me that this is now the the second couple that's had a meltdown outside of the that same building. <laughs> uh yeah, so he's, you know, he's trying not to diminish her feelings, you know, because he knows the place they're in, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a good place. And so he gets that, but like, it was all super innocent. Uh, so really, like, well, you're not crazy for being upset about this, but like, I did nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's not even my type that I go for. <laughs> I know. The the worst thing you could have possibly said there. Yes, him, him using that argument as part of his legal defense here was just very poor decision making. I know, making. it was terrible. Because like when you, when you go there like you're just adding fuel to the fire of like oh yeah, well you're not attracted to me and now you're off dancing with the cute instructor girl and you're saying oh she's not even my type. Well now look I definitely think she is your type. Yeah, because you have more chemistry with her than you do me. I know. It's ridiculous. Um, So, dear listeners, if you ever find yourself in this situation, do not use the she's not my type as part of your defense. Yeah, it's not going to go well. Because it's just so meaningless, too. It's like, okay, what, what does that really even mean yeah like that wasn't even the point but yet you made it about attraction Uh uh-huh well we've established it's all about attraction for eris that's true yeah we later Uh see one of those like i don't know kitchen living room cams up in the ceiling where it's 2 17 a.m yeah so they uh well and yeah first they like they leave they don't even go back inside no they're they're done they just leave and at that point i was like divorce <laughs> wow you sounded hopeful saying that <laughs> no no it was a question okay <laughs> it was a question that was the inflection not hopeful there was a slight bit of excitement in that <laughs> no not at all but yes back to, back to the the house cam uh we see eris sleeping on the couch very lonely. I mean, that is that is very sad. And it also just gives you a little glimpse into Jasmine's world and how absolutely freaking livid <laughs> she must have been to go there because like she's been dealing with so much like through the entire season and has overall sort of reacted to with grace and like a lot of understanding and stuff even though it's very painful for her and and difficult to experience but like this was too far this was the last straw this was (laughs) this was not it 
for their relationship. Mm-hmm. So thankfully, Dr. Pepper arrives to deal with the aftermath of all this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you know, she was sitting up in her mansion at 2.15 a.m., Watching the live feed <laughs> of it of their house, going, oh man, Ooh, this is not go- this is not good. I gotta get over there. Uh, book a flight. Uh, I gotta I gotta get out there. Is it, uh, is eight a.m. too early? <laughs> uh, yes, because now now it's ten days to decision day. It's so close. The decision day is so close. It's basically and, a week. And these couples are so far from sustainable marriages. This is like... Uh, I mean, at least last season you could kind of pretend that maybe some of them would make it. But Not here, this season. No, no. So, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, she talks about how that line dancing thing triggered her and then Ares said the storm out made it a scene and it wasn't warranted yeah it was, it was not yes it was unnecessary like no you don't get to say that you don't have the leeway do you do you, do you think the storm out was unnecessary I mean no especially based on everything else that has led <laughs> up to that it's like it's just not a good look like Dancing with the instructor isn't on its own a bad thing. But, like, your wife is standing over there with no one to dance to or dance with. And you're, like, having, the, like, the time of your life with her. <laughs> you look more alive with her than you have with Jasmine all season. I know. Anytime that we see him, like, in the context of their relationship, he just looks so sleepy and bored. I know. Just out of it. <laughs> Uh, oh man, yeah. So, what? I like Pepper asked, like, do they see a possibility? Yeah, like, what did what did you make of that? Because I, I don't know. I just it continues to boggle my mind that it's going so poorly and has been going so poorly, and still they're both like, oh, we want this to work. We want. I feel uh. like neither one of them wants to look like the bad guys, so they're going to be like, yeah, I can see this working, and we're going to give it a shot. I mean, the whole, I'm tired of this line in particular. I understand why we were matched. Like, that's become so meaningless now. And so. Yeah, I mean, if you're not going to act on that, like, what's. <laughs> yeah, what's the point? Like. <laughs> So Jasmine wants to feel more like a wife and not a friend. I mean, at this point, does she even feel like a friend? It's just more like a like a random acquaintance. Like yeah. Oh. Like, did my roommate let you in? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) She also says if she doesn't text him, she doesn't hear from him, which is not not great. You never text your spouse? So Dr. Pepper has to tell him to set an alarm to text her. Yeah. Yeah. And the, this, That's sad. This, this, this was probably the funniest part of the entire episode. Because <laughs> Dr. Pepper asks what happens when he arrives home from work. And his response 
is that when he arrives, he says, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) Which the Dr. Pepper response to that was, so romantic. (laughs) That's like what you say to like your buddy, like your guy friend or whatever. It's like you beat up for beers. What's up? (laughs) As if we needed any more of a window into how he feels about Jasmine. Goodness gracious. Uh, And despite all of that, they still both promise that they'll... They'll do the things that they talked about with Dr. Pepper. For the next 10 days. For the next 10 days. They just got to stick it out. Ah, that is so <laughs> depressing. Oh, why, why, do we, why do we watch these shows? They're so, it's so sad. They're entertaining. But it's so sad. Well, next is Nicole and Kirsten at the laundry shop. Yeah, this, this to me, I know... Women come in all shapes and sizes, and so shopping online, just in general, can be difficult, but likely even more difficult when it comes to something like lingerie. And yet, I feel like I would not want to go lingerie shopping with a friend of mine. (laughs) I mean, I feel like for women, it's not... Like, this didn't seem totally out of the ordinary. Like, this seemed like a thing that could actually happen in real life. Not like a common thing, but like, I could see two best friends doing this. The problem is Nicole and Kirsten are not like, (laughs) I mean, they're like besties on the show, but not like years of friendship sort of thing. How dare you discount their friendship (laughs) and how deep, how deep it goes. I don't know. There was like a slight awkwardness to the whole scene just because of like the the topic, I think. But Mm -hmm. yeah, well, Nicole, of course, is a bit self-conscious as we cut back to, I usually go for more slender women or whatever (laughs) Chris says. Like a little thicker, a little thicker than I normally go for, but not in a bad way. Yes, that's what, yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Cut back to that golden nugget. (laughs) Uh, and so, yeah, they uh, try some stuff on. Yeah, she said red is Chris's favorite color for that. Uh, definitely needed to know that. <laughs> but that was really, that was the end. Like, it was a super short segment. Yeah, Kirsten, like, like, shows her, like, how to, like, do a little strip tease with it. We did learn on After Party... <laughs> That um, she will not be able to get more than one use out of the lingerie that she bought. <laughs> this is Nicole. Yes. Well, why? Do I dare ask? <laughs> oh, I'm assuming like it got ripped. Okay. <laughs> so. That's unfortunate. I know. Lingerie is expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotta be careful, okay? That stuff's fragile, people. <sighs> cannot cannot believe it. Hopefully, the hopefully the uh, the show paid for 
for that shopping trip. I would think so, yeah. So it doesn't even matter that in his animalistic <laughs> desire that Chris just ripped it off of her. I mean, I'm going to I'm just going to assume that's what that means. I mean, it's it's one of the fairly small handfuls of possibilities probably. Uh and then we hit commercial break and come back to more Kirsten and Shaquille. What happened with them? No, you don't remember? Well, the next thing I have is Dr. Pepper with Clint and Gina. So maybe I missed a segment. Oh. Um, yeah, I will tell you everything. Uh, yes, a- after this totally uneventful and completely insignificant meeting that Dr. Pepper had with Clint and Gina. Yeah, essentially these two are in the friend zone. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I found interesting was that Dr. Pepper suggested, like, because Clint wanted, like, something special and unexpected from Gina, and Pepper's like, oh, you should, like, cook dinner for him. And Gina immediately is like, well, Clint, meals are Clint's thing. Like, I don't do the cooking. <laughs> She's like, look, look, I think we all know what's going on here. This marriage is not going anywhere. I would appreciate it if you would not add additional things to my plate right now. And then Dr. Pepper, like, suggests these movies for them to watch to, like, get them in the mood, but I don't see how that it's was going to one. happen. It's a love story of a man and his dog. So, yeah that's, <laughs> yeah, that's the end of that. I mean, she thinks they need to up their game, but what game is there really to up? Neither one of them are interested in that. They're just riding it out. Mm-hmm, yes. So, uh... Kirsten and Shaquille with Devon. Tell me. Tell me everything. I mean, isn't this kind of more of the same stuff recycled from before? With Kirsten and Shaquille? (laughs) Recycled arguments and issues? Like the miscommunication, the not giving support. He doesn't feel supported. Yeah, I I think that, well, you are correct most of the way (laughs) i'd say that the the maybe maybe based on what we saw at least there could have been more maybe they changed their whole lives around here but the the most important thing i thought from this segment for them specifically and whether or not they absorb that remains to be seen but uh, how Devon was talking about unspoken expectations are relationship killers. I re- yeah, I, I noted <laughs> that too. That's a good line. Because that is the story of their lives. Yeah, they on, both have on expectations. On, on both both counts. And and I mean in in somewhat different ways for sure. And so you know, you have situations, for example, like Shaq basically kind of prescribe how she should like do stuff and feel. <laughs> it's like, no, like communicate, but like let's leave out some of these expectations. 
because it just it's a mess it's a complete raging fire of trash it's a dumpster fire that's what it is and i don't know if they're gonna get past it but hopefully hopefully hearing that specifically from an outsider serves to even if they don't use it in this relationship hopefully they carry that forward with them because that's been a huge achilles heel for them and i would maybe even go so far just as to say potentially their main issue and why they haven't really progressed a ton so it seems like he's like really invested in her being at work events which once again i don't really totally understand why but he said like i want you to see me how you haven't seen me so i I guess that's like a huge sticking point for him Mm Hmm. yeah i mean kirsten still feels like she's asking questions and checking in but i guess that's not enough it's not the way he needs it so Mm -hmm. devon does tell him it sounds like you're diminishing her support and that won't motivate her to do more (laughs) he looks a little caught there (laughs) well i mean as he as he should because that is that is very true Mm -hmm. uh you, you can't really just constantly crap on someone's efforts and then be like well you aren't showing up for me in the way that i want you to like when maybe positive reinforcement Mm, ever heard of it apparently shaquille has not so oh well r.i.p to their relationship and then our final segment is with pastor cal and nicole and chris i'm gonna be totally honest with you here i cried a little <laughs> I, I mean up. it was a good segment Mm-hmm. yeah so nicole is worried She's worried again. <laughs> still again that Chris did not pick her. He was chosen or both of them are chosen by the experts. Yeah, there's a there's a little piece of her brain that's like mm, he, he didn't choose me. Oh no. This could all fall apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Cal is like, I need you to stop with that <laughs> line of thinking. Like he did pick you. You both signed up for this. That's self-sabotage. Look, I feel like these seasons of Married at First Sight would be incredibly and perhaps exponentially more productive, albeit significantly more boring, if the experts just came in constantly and were like, stop it. Stop (laughs) that, okay? I've heard from the producers what you are up to. Stop it. Just, no, no, mm-mm, stop it. Like, you should have had Dr. P on that beach as Morgan and Ben were having that conversation about how awful it was that he doubted her credentials as a nurse. And Dr. P should have walked right up to them on that beach and been like, stop it. Stop this right now. I do think that would make the season more boring. (laughs) (laughs) Well, of course it would, because it would potentially 
head off some of these just ridiculous things that that go on um you know because nicole has a little devil and angel on her shoulder and she's gotta not not listen to that little devil she's got to learn to trust that things are good at least as long as they are like all of this like second guessing and worrying like she's worried now that things will become one-sided but chris points out how like she was there for him during the honeymoon so it's not like totally lopsided or anything yeah i mean he does he doesn't view it as being one-sided it's because as with any relationship thing things are going to sort of ebb and flow in terms of what each partner needs and so sometimes one partner is going to need a lot more support than the other and then sometimes the other partner is going to need a lot more support and it's just kind of going to go back and forth and sometimes you're both going to have to support each other at the same time because you're both going through hard times like Mm -hmm. there's there's that dynamic that is just naturally at play uh, and that's i feel like what chris is trying to like get across to her (laughs) It's like, well, like, I do need to help you more. I do need to support you more right now because as we're doing all this Married at First Sight stuff, it's bringing up a lot of the difficulties and bad things that you've kind of stuffed down and thought were dealt with and done, and now they're here. (laughs) They're on the surface. They're flying around. And so... I I will support you through that. And so Pastor Cal, who was also very close to tears. I don't I mean I don't think he was, but he could have been, asks Chris if if he loves her. And he does. Yep, it was his first time seeing it, and mm-hmm. she says it back. Uh-huh. Which is <laughs> yet another very funny thing to me because of all the just the weeks of both of them being like, well, I want you to say I love you first. No, I want you to say I love you first. Well, I don't want to say it because like, I, I want it to be organic. <laughs> there was um on After Party a little like, Nicole gave a little backstory to the whole I love you thing. So I guess like she said sometimes they joke around like each day like I like you today or I like you a little less today or whatever. And like one of the days that it happened and she had something like I don't like you today. I like love you a lot or some, something like that. And he didn't say it back. Oh, oh. So then that's why she was like. When this happened with Pastor Cal, she was like, why didn't you say it earlier? Because they had like a little moment earlier where he could have (laughs) said it. So, but I'm glad they finally said it. (sighs) Because like, it's pretty obvious they loved each other for a while now. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what else happened in After Party that I missed? Who was there? Um, Eris... Nicole and Shaquille. Shaquille did say that he wished Kirsten had brought some of that lingerie home and did some of those moves. <laughs> uh, again, 
throughout this season, everybody, and I say a little loosely, because a lot of the time it's it's you know more specific people, but the gist of it is this whole season, everybody else has known how any individual is feeling at any given time except for that person's spouse. Yep. I mean, <laughs> I mean we know Nicole and Kirsten are telling each other everything. They live right next door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nicole is presumably still shoving notes under their door <laughs> with relationship suggestions. You know, it's like, uh, maybe, maybe you should tell her, oh, can you get some lingerie? That would be sexy. But no, he has to sigh on after party that she didn't bring any home. How sad. Because, like, presumably, he would have known that they were going, right? I mean, probably. <laughs> so why didn't you say something? If you knew they were going, again, this is an assumption, but if you knew, why wouldn't you? I mean, there's also the possibility that she just didn't communicate to him what she was shooting that day. So well, that's not really that far fetched. Uh, <laughs> uh, again, everybody knows everybody's business except for any particular individual's spouse. Uh, unless, unless we're talking about our just amazing lovebirds, Chris and Nicole. But everybody else, that's how it is. Just so, so depressing. Uh, so, do you have any hope? For anyone, for anyone but Chris and Nicole? I, I, know, I know that... Not uh, at the moment. That question, maybe not have been exactly what you were expecting right here at the close of the episode, but... I just think this season there hasn't been any sort of like prediction sort of thing because from the beginning Chris and Nicole were good. Everyone else was iffy to a no. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm a little peeved because that was supposed to be that was supposed to be like one of our one of our things. Like this is a, a great segment where we can be like, oh, yeah, this week I think this couple's going to make it. And then we just, we go to season 16 of Married at First Sight, and there is no hope for anyone well, but Chris and Nicole. Hopefully this was a one-off season. It, it just, it irritates me because we had such a great thing going. You know, we were starting to build some podcast differentiators you know that this you know is more enjoyable to me than watching counting all those sloppy kisses on the bachelor <laughs> and then i just i feel like that was it was taken from us because it would be incredibly boring to just every week be like yep they're still all not gonna make it well hopefully it'll return to normal next season hopefully because I, I love those end-of-episode speculations. They're an awful lot of fun for me. How can, how can people find us on the internet? 
You can follow us at Group Dates Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Yes, he can. And I think that is all for this week of Married at First Sight. Uh, we really, we're getting to the end here. It's coming quickly. And I hope our listening audience is more prepared for Decision Day than these couples. Because somebody's got to be. <laughs>